topic is breathe again. Breathe again. I'll be coming out of the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. I'm not going to go there now, but I'm just let your heart get ready for where we're going to go. So that's Acts 16, verse 16 through 18. Breathe. Hmm. What is breathe? I'm a word person. Y'all know I'm a word person. Breathe again. Breathe is the air inhale and exhale in respiration, especially as necessary to your life, to inhale and exhale. This is what we actually do when we read the word of God. When you read the word of God, you inhale his spirit. The word is God breathe, is it not? The word of God is God breathe. So when you read the word of God, you inhale his spirit. And when you pray, you exhale. When you what? When you pray. So now you're sending forth in power what you just inhale, the word of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so you, we are, we're not familiar with when we're reading the word of God, when we pray, what's actually happening. Amen. First of all, the word of God is God breathe. And to breathe means to inhale and exhale. And this is what you do when you read the word of God and then when you pray. The word again means once more, another time, anew, in reply, encounter place. Again means an encounter place, state of condition. So to breathe again is to inhale and exhale the word of God, which is life, vitality, again, once more, anew. You are anew every time you read and exhale the word of God. You are anew. You're not the old man. When you read the word of God every time, Dina, you are anew. You are born again. Every time you read the word of God, you are being born again. Mm, mm, mm. Your completion of your birth is not finished. You're being born again. Every time. This is why you have to renew your mind by the reading of the word of God to inhale. Don't just read because it's God breathe. Genesis 2, I believe, Pastor, mm -hmm. 7 states, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, the, the pneuma, the spirit. He breathed his spirit into man, and man became a living soul, a living nefesh, That's right. mankind. Mm -hmm. So breath has a lot to do with your new birth. This is how you live, by reading and praying the word of God. It's not like any other book. So this breathe again came about because I believe the condition and the atmosphere of the church. And I say the atmosphere of the church. I would say primarily I know what's going on here at Walker Ministry or what has been going on here. And I'm sure it's going on at other places. What's going on with the passion of our love for God? Why are we losing our passion for God? Why? We find ourselves, we find it very difficult to pray now. We pray, but we don't pray. We worship, but we don't worship. Mm. We read, but we don't read. Why have we become indifferent with God in his people? Indifferent means 
My relationship with him is now strange. I find it strange to worship, but I worship because I'm doing this now out of habit. I've been doing this for a while, so now I'm praying because I pray. That's what I do, but I have not become prayer. This is why we are becoming lethargic. We're becoming very indifferent with indifferent. You have no patience with God. You have no patience with each other. We have to awaken to breathe again mm -hmm. and breathe the breath, the God-breathed word, which gives you life, his life. So what you're living off now is your life. Are you experiencing a continual battle and the same battle? Same battle at home, same battle whether it's at your job, same battle with your spouse, same battle with yourself. If you're experiencing the same problems and the same battles over and over and over again, most likely what's happening to you is that the spirit of Python has encoiled itself around you. And so what happens is, when it cores itself around you, and we know what, what a uh, python does, he constricts. He right. wants to ultimately take your breath. Mm -hmm. mm. But this spirit wants to take the breath of Holy Spirit. If I can squeeze out of her or him the breath of Holy Spirit, he or she no longer will want to pray. And so when a snake encores itself around you, it circles. Mm -hmm. And this is your circumstance. Here we go with that circle. This is your circumstance. So you can't see beyond my finances because this is my circumstance. I can't see beyond what's going on <laughs> in my marriage because this is my circumstance. And so what he does, he brings distraction. He either brings it from within you. Mm -hmm. The event can happen within you. Go ahead, T. A lot of times we think the event is happening outside of us. He creates a distraction or deception. You're being deceived in some kind of way. He builds. And he's slow and he's methodical in mm -hmm. his approach. He follows you. And he sees how you, because his breathing place is prayer. <laughs> Go ahead. That's where he breathes. He loves to be around water. He loves to be around Holy Spirit. Mm. He has places that where he hang out, and it's where you hang out. Mm. His breeding place is in place of authority, in government, money. You love money. This is where he hangs out. Mm. Government, high officials, people who can make laws. This is where he hangs out. Mm. And what he does, he watches your life. He's assigned to, he's assigned to you, and he allows your situation for whatever it is, and he tells you to look at it, and you keep looking at it. And so when you keep looking at that, that's how he calls himself around you. And you don't realize that you're <laughs> now being entangled. His object is not to kill you. He wants to take the breath of Holy Spirit out of you. Yeah, can you do that? You are his now. So I don't have a desire to pray. I don't have a desire to worship him. He can take your praise. He, he is designed to take your praise, your prayer, and your worship. Your prayer is your lifeline. Go ahead. Say your what? I don't. He, don't, he doesn't desire. He, his goal is not to physically kill you, Pastor. Mm -mm. 
It is to squeeze out the breath of Holy Spirit. Because in the beginning, again, he likes to mimic the things that God does. So the question really is this. Who is really, or what is really behind the spirit of Python? So we have to talk first about what is Python. How did that come about? I, I normally give you guys a purpose and all this great stuff, too. I, <laughs> I'll give you a purpose before I go to the scripture. And my purpose is this, to awaken God's people to their true circumstance. And it's so prophetic that Star Dance Off freed, being free, because it's about that, to awaken God's people to their true circumstance, which is that you're free and you're empowered. And you're empowered to win. You're not just empowered, but you're empowered to win. And to rid them from this vicious cycle of demonic attack and territory occupancy of your apostolic call. Mm-mm-mm. This is what the enemy wants to do. Not only to attack you, some people being attacked, other people are under a dominant, he's come to occupy the territory of who you are. That's what he's trying to do. See, he's, he's not going to just attack. You have some people attack you. You can pray. But then, you know, what you do for the time being, he'll leave. But he sends back more. Mm-hmm. And now what they're trying to do, because he's, he knows you, he knows where you've been, is now he wants to come and occupy the territory. Okay? He wants to take over your thoughts, your behavior, and now you're no longer following Christ. You're now following him, but you're so deceived, you think you're still serving God. He wants to render you basically useless in the kingdom of God. We have to understand there's our high-ranking forces behind uh, the python spirit. And I found it to be very surprising, but yet not false prophet and antichrist. They're behind the spirit of python. And its ultimate goal is to eradicate the manifested power of the believer's life and the promises of God. So now you don't believe the promise of God. You're doubting. You don't believe he's going to do what he said he's already done. Just go now. We're going to go to Acts 16, verse 16 through 18. And Dina's going to read that for me. As we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune telling. She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They announce to you the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Then Paul, being sorely annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. So we've heard... Some of us have heard about this chapter, read this chapter. And when you, when you actually view it, it says, as we were on our way to the place of prayer. We're on our way to prayer. We were met by the demon. On our way to prayer. That's his hangout. He said, who was possessed by a spirit of divination. And when you look this up, divination in Greek, this is what it means. It means python. Mm. Translated in English, it means python. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is a spirit of python. Spirit, pneuma, and divination is python. There's a particular Greek mythology that kind of talks about this spirit. Uh, what's 
What's the, what's the name? Oh, the um, Oracle of Delphi. The Oracle of Delphi. And it was known that the god Apollo supposed to have killed this female snake that was guarding the Oracle. Go right Could I just set up just mm -hmm. a little bit so mm -hmm. they'll know a little bit about what the Oracle of Delphi? And uh, y'all probably saw 300, right? Saw the movie 300? If some of y'all seen 300? Yeah. Remember he climbed up to the thing, he mm -hmm. went with the Oracles and they were all in there. They kind of got that up in there. You saw all the yes. smoke. Yes. Now what she did was they she actually sat on this uh, tripod mm -hmm. and these fumes were in this cave. It's a cave. They were in these fumes and these fumes would come up. But also not only is divination is present, but mm -hmm. also pharmacia. Mm -hmm. Which is there was uh, these fumes that would come up. They were um, they were more of um, like um, taking LSD. They were more of a, um, a hallucinogenic, mm -hmm. and this is how she would um, begin to prophesy, begin to tell them the future, what was going on. But it was pharmacia, but also divination of the spirits. And y'all know when you do divination and when you do you know like um, pharmacia, which is you know sorcery. That's really what it was. Mm -hmm. it, it involved, you know, drugs. It involved that type of alteration. So it put her in a meditative state, but like an hallucinogenic, so she could actually go into that realm. So this, it's, it's a big thing when it comes to the uh, Oracle of Delphi. So and, yep. they, and it was real, okay? And, and you know. basically, once they, I guess, whatever is supposed to get high and all mm -hmm. drugs is that yeah. the spirit would take over them, yep. and basically their organs and mm -hmm. they weren't speaking, it would be the spirit, the spirit that was speaking yeah. through them. Mm -hmm. And so this is where it really comes, they had their own center of prophets. So this is where the false prophets would go. They would go there. And so this, this is gonna lead us up into what's really behind the spirit of Python because there were false prophets as well oh, that's yeah. behind it. Yep. So as, as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming that she can foretell, obviously, the events and discover hidden knowledge. She brought the, her owner much gain. So what's going on here is that Paul has with him Silas, and also he has Timothy, and they say they even believe Luke probably was there with him as well. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, we know that um, they were jailed. But my question that I asked before they were jailed is that, why did Paul allow her, they said for several days, she was screaming it. She wasn't just saying, you know, these are devout men from the, of, of the most high God. And the most high God to the Greeks meant this, mm -hmm. that, they were, that they were men of Zeus, because Zeus was That's considered right. to be the most high God. God. Yeah. So we're thinking, oh, the most high God, Yahweh. our God, but no. So... <laughs> This is why he was grieved because, first of all, they were in a place, a very violent place. And he, he was on his second, he was on his second mission. And so obviously he had to be really exhausted. And he was saying, he, he, he basically rebuked the spirit and told the spirit to come out. But he told the spirit to come out because what she was saying, it wasn't true. She knew the audience. She knew the audience knew, but the audience was Jew and also Greek. The Jews was going to hate them, and also the Greeks, mm -hmm. because the Greeks are thinking, oh, wait a minute. They are Jews, and they're saying that they're serving Zeus. Zeus. And so now the Jews are saying, well, wait a minute. They are Jews, and that, so it's a whole, you know, they're going to get jumped by everybody. Yeah. 
And so this is why he told, them, told the enemy to come out, basically be quiet and come out. Anytime when you, you speak to the enemy and say, be quiet, you actually, in the spirit, play muzzle on them, and they can't talk. Mm. And they want to talk. And they want to talk. That's right, mm -hmm. Pastor. They want to talk, and they can't talk. That's right. It's not just be quiet. No, when, when they command, when that command comes to be quiet, there's a muzzle in the spirit that's put on their mouth, and they cannot speak. Mm. And says she did this many days. Mm -hmm. Paul was annoyed by it. And this is what he did. He not only said, he said, in Jesus' name. This is why we have to make certain that we bear the name of Jesus, that we don't empty out the significance of who he is. Because there is an authority. They, they begin to talk about, really, the authority and how he cast out the demons. The python spirit had a stronghold in that area. What is going on? Is it a region, an area, or is it a certain person that he has a stronghold on? This is what first happened, a distraction followed by a blow, a full-blow trial that aimed to take him out of his purpose. The enemy is aimed to take you out of your purpose through distractions, through your lack of money, through your ism and schism with each other. That's a distraction. He wants to take you out of your purpose. He wants to take you out of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So what's the primary work of the adversary in our life today? One is this, the prince of the power of the air. I've heard that before, but not in this meaning. It means this, this spirit who knows work in the sons of disobedience, air, the air we breathe, the mood or atmosphere or thought you have in. Mm -hmm. This is what, how he operates. He operates in your mood, the atmosphere. The prince, we're going with the prince of the air as, you know, you know the internet, the all airwaves. Mm -hmm. No, we talk, no, the atmosphere, you come in with a mood. He works in the Bad. spirit of disobedience, in your mood, in your thought pattern. That's why he said, enter his gate of thanksgiving. Pastor, and, and his course with praise, because right. if not. That's where you come to pray at. He's entering into the atmosphere of your thoughts. The word is right there. And you set the atmosphere. Do you realize your spirit, every time you go to a certain place, a worship, your spirit only remembers the last atmosphere, and it duplicates that. Your spirit does. Your spirit will duplicate. If I go back to a place where I know where I've been, my spirit is going to automatically duplicate the atmosphere that I had that year when I went. So you set the atmosphere. You have to will yourself. David said, I will praise the Lord. I will myself to praise the Lord. I will. The air that we breathe, your mood, the atmosphere of your thoughts and feelings. He infiltrate your feelings. That's why God is not about feelings. The second is the God of this age. This is how it's, he's working in our life, which means a prevailing thought of a particular area. So what's the prevailing thought of a certain region? A certain region has a prevailing thought over it, mm -hmm. and that's the God of that age that's working that region. So if the majority of the people feel like it, we are okay pushing the homosexual, that is the prevailing thought of that region, and it's going to spread to the rest of the people. It's going to be the prevailing thought of Virginia. Supporting scripture, Matthew 17, 21, and it reads, 
But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. But this kind, there is a kind, and this kind is called the spirit of Python. Doesn't go out except by prayer, intercessory prayer, not any type of prayer. This has to be intercessory prayer and fasting. This has to be a travailing prayer. This has to be a prayer that's in your heavenly tongue prayer. And why? Because this is the only prayer that gives power to destroy the works of the enemy. So your everyday petitional prayer and your morning devotion, that's not going to work. He said, but this kind, he let you know, there is a kind that's not going to be moved by your petitional prayers. Mm. There is a kind that's not going to be moved by you being all sorrowful about what's going on, but you can't seem to get past yourself and travail. He said, this kind is not going to go out without you travailing. Matthew 24, 24 Amplified reads this. For false Christ and false prophets will arise, and they will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive and lead astray, if possible, even the elect God's chosen ones. Mm -hmm. For they are false Christ and false prophets. The word of God said the spirit of disobedience or the antichrist spirit is even operating now. Right now. It's now. So if that's the case, how is it operating? What is orchestrating? The spirit of Python. So really what is the spirit of Python and what is its mission or assignment? First of all, it's a high-powered dark force and it's positioned over the body of Christ at large. Its assignment is to keep God's people from operating or coming to the manifested power of God. He wants you powerless. He don't mind you going to church and you singing and you running all around the place. But what he does mind is that you are able to pull what's in heaven down here in time. He's afraid of that. He doesn't want you to see in eternity. So his job is to obscure your vision, impair your hearing. Can't hear clear and you can't see clear. That's his job. He does this at birth. He goes into the soul of the unborn, and he mangles the soul. He mangles the soul of the unborn, already torturing the soul. So that when you're born and your mom tell you you're not going to be anything, you're going to be just like your dad, or your mom is not there and she leaves you, or your father leaves you in your life, and you're rejected, he used that immediately because he's already within the womb mm. to mangle your soul. Good gracious. So as soon as someone says something to you, it reminds me of when. He uses your pain from your past to prohibit you to go forward. This is what he does in the womb. He mangles the soul. He wants to gain legal interest into your life. And only you can permit it. So you're right, because that's why when he came to Adam, because he had legal, he had legal possession of the earth then. Mm -hmm. Because through high treason, he mm -hmm. gave it to him. That's right. Because he sinned, he lied. They did, they went against what God told them to do. So they had legal interest. And that's good. I see now we think straightforward sin mm -hmm. is gonna be the interest, but the enemy is so conniving. <laughs> He allowed your so-called religious relationship oh, yeah. to be his entrance. 
He used religion as his entrance. That's how he gets in. I want my child saved. I want her delivered. What's wrong with her? I want her delivered. And that's all you can you consume with that. Idol worship. So Idol worship. It can become a distraction. And then he can begin to occupy, as he told us to occupy, he began to occupy our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in idol worship. See, now you're not worshiping God. Your worship's not true, your praise not true, and your prayer's not true because you're worshiping other gods. You're worshiping gods of this world. You're worshiping your circumstance. I don't know when I'm going to get out this. Lord, and that's all that you pray and meditate on. Your situation is your worship. His assignment is to bring doubt and unbelief so that he can hinder your destiny and your purpose. It means that the ground he acquires gives him the ability to do this, to frustrate you, to distort your view, to hide and veil the anointing and revelation from you. And you think you receive a revelation. And he is an evil genius. I, I mean, the word says it. I, I'm not giving no props, but the word says he's an evil genius. It says that you now give him the ability to frustrate, to distort your view, to hide or veil the anointing, revelation, truth, blessings, your provision, your health, your quality connection in your relationship. Now you don't have healthy relationship. I mean, life is just jacked up, but you think it's fine because you're in major deception. And you don't have enough oxygen in you to even think clearly because he's, he's constricting your breath. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't have enough oxygen, you can't think. You can't think you're, clearly. You're, you're lethargic. You're this is why you then. are lethargic. This is why you feel like, oh, I, I'm praying, I can't really pray. You are lethargic. You are indifferent with God. You know why? You can't breathe. You need more oxygen. He takes away the opportunity, and most importantly, he takes away God's love and passion that you have for him. When the spirit of Python has prominent ground to keep you from praying, worshiping, he mm. takes out the fire of God. You then isolate yourself. You feel hopeless, defeated, and seem like nothing nobody can tell you can encourage you. You are trapped in poverty. It's hindering you from prosperity. You're in a self-destructive behavior of your lifestyle. Some people become even suicidal. You start to doubt you can't seem to comprehend God's love for you anymore. It's causing us to be ineffective for Christ. The loss of our anointing, not that it's gone anywhere, but you can't seem to possess it. It keeps you going in a circle. Can't seem to get anywhere in your life. You always feel rejected and violated, offended. <laughs> you feel small. <laughs> feel small, inadequate, incapable, inferior insecure. You begin to walk by fear and not faith. You start to lean on your own. We're hurt. We're bitter. There's pain. Uh, we're also wrapped up in our problems and we are less attentive to others. It's all about us because I can't breathe. And I say to you today, breathe again. Breathe again by walking in the power of the might of God. Walk again by the renewed word of God. Breathing in the word of God, by studying the word of God, applying the word of God. This is where we miss it, is that we don't apply what we hear. Paul said, I've learned the secret. What I learn, I apply. I don't wait till the situation is over and say, well, what could I do? This is what to do. This is why we count it all joy when we fall into these type of situations. It's because 
God has already given us everything we need to be successful. So I want you all to definitely um, take home with you today that we all can breathe again when we really walk in the spirit and we're not led by our flesh. And to be led by the spirit seems, simply means to reconsider how you've been thinking, be influenced by Holy Spirit and induced by Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do. Amen. I pray that the word has really reached your life and you're, you see how he may have encircled you and, and what your situation looks like and why you can't seem to get out of it and, and why I can't. I'm praying, but it seems like uh, I'm not really praying. I don't feel the presence of God. My worship is not the same. But why is the fight for me to have a relationship with God? And I think that's where some of us have been. Uh, we're, we're fighting. We, we're fighting to be in the presence of God. And it should be with very ease that we worship and we praise and we study and we exalt our Father.